Hi, and welcome to The Strad Podcast. I'm Davina Shum, I'm a cellist, and I'm the online editor at The Strad. This episode is brought to you in association with Fortune Strings. Today's podcast guest is cellist Anastasia Kobakina, who was lucky enough to have the opportunity to help develop Fortune's new opal gold cello strings through a series of trials and feedback. Not many string players get the chance to have direct input on their ideal set of strings. Anastasia shared with me what she looks for in an ideal string, including the type of sound and playability. Have a listen. Anastasia, thanks for joining me today. It's really lovely to meet you and looking forward to chatting with you this morning. So we're going to be talking about strings, which is fitting because this is a stringed instrument podcast, but Recently, you've been working uh, with Fortune Strings in development of their new opal gold cello strings. And it's a situation that not many people find themselves have the opportunity to enjoy, you know, to be able to provide direct personal input into the development of strings. You know, usually we buy strings. It's a long period of trial and error involving many years and a lot of money to decide what strings we like. I've definitely been there and it's an ongoing process. Tell me, you know, how did this process come about and what do you look for in a string? How do you communicate that to the developers? Well, first of all, I, you know, I was one of I guess many cellists who just playing their one working set of strings for all the life and then occasionally trying out some strings. And I wasn't quite aware about uh, how much impact uh, the string is uh, having on the instrument and how much you can do, how much you can transform with different strings with uh, different setup of uh, different mix of strings you know I began this journey of working with the developers of Fortune strings and uh, I would say from very basic experience that I had I entered this uh, world of strings getting also knowledge about it I mean it's so complex Uh, I mean one string has a lot of material inside it and when you change one parameter of it, it completely changes the sound. And there are lots of options uh, how you can modify it. But at the end, you can only test it, uh, you know, you know the how it sounds only when you play it. Yeah. So I was able to try lots of different strings uh, with these different modifications and also to open up my ears and my you know also my wishes because it's something like uh you know you you got the string and you play it <laughs> it's yeah. just there but here it was incredible also to to articulate what is important for me and what is mm-hmm. suitable for my instrument because i think it's um what we all looking as string players at the uh, instrument is rich sound and articulation and these two parameters that are so hard to combine also when looking for a bow for example yeah the the bow that has an amazing tone and uh, uh, also can can jump and uh, can you know have this consonant uh, pronunciation (laughs) yeah it needs to be able to do everything doesn't it (laughs) yeah it's it's kind of rare find no to 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 find that to to get this kind of bow and the same with the string and but then there is also another parameter what i realized uh, that has so much 
impact is the tension. I've been playing modern instruments, modern built instruments, but also currently I'm playing a beautiful Stradivari cello from 1698. And, uh, well, we, we, will, we will never know what kind of setup uh, was at the time of Stradivari, what, what he wanted from the instrument. And uh, to me, it's, uh, it's always fascination to, uh, to see how this instrument, after so many years, uh, is still able to cope with this incredible pressure of uh, steel strings. Mm. Yes, because I imagine this instrument is over 300 years old and it would have had a very different setup then and played with different strings, you know, not the steel strings that you have now. And it would have been a completely different sound. So, you know, for this 1698 Strad that you've been loaned, you mentioned before you're after a rich sound, being able to articulate, you know, what kind of strings did you find yourself preferring when you were trying out all these different things? I found out that the strings with lower pressure, they make instrument breathe and make it sound more, you know, relaxed, more mm-hmm. natural way and, uh, well, closer, I guess, to the setup that it was authentic. We never know what is authentic is in this case, yeah. but still. And what was new for me that the oboe string, they offered this different structure of the string, which is still very much articulated, very much focused, but has less pressure on the instrument. And so it gives the instrument to resonate more, more reverb. And uh, that was great experience. That makes sense, actually. And you know what? I spoke to another guest that said that they originally had played with very high-tension strings for a long time. But then their luthier would say, well, you're actually strangling the instrument because there's so much pressure on the top of your instrument that you're just squashing the sound. But by changing to a lower tension, as you say, you're able to let the instrument breathe a little bit more. And I think that does replicate a little bit of this idea we have of more historically informed playing of, you know, gut strings, resonance. And, because gut strings, you can't really squash them, can you? you no, know, they... no. And I also, I play also Baroque cello. And so I yeah. kind of was looking for this particular feeling of gut string in a steel string, you know. And uh, also what I like about gut string, they got this incredible warmth of course a particular sound that is only characteristic uh, for the gut string but I find the similarity with these steel strings from Opal that you can go deeper in the string it's more flexible you know it's mm-hmm. uh, the sensation of gut string uh, when you go inside the string with a weight and it's uh, not with the pressure, but with the weight, natural weight, you yeah. know, like kind of you're deep into the string, you dive into it, and then you make it resonate more. And what I find also with the opal strings, you can push the limits of the string and it doesn't break because it has this lower tension. It has more possibility to go you know, it's like on the car, you know, you, you can you can push more on the yeah. uh, gas and then you, you feel that the car is going with you. And, and uh, this is what I find also so much helpful when playing with orchestra. Yeah? And when I, when I was uh, going into the string, I felt it was giving me back this volume, what I wanted. Yeah. So instead of that kind of pressing you're just being able to sink into the sound a bit more and as a result you get that sound back. I imagine you also need to think a bit about 
versatility of strings as well, right? Depending on what sort of playing you're doing. So if you're doing a solo recital compared with playing a concerto against a 90-piece orchestra, for example, how do you find the balance and the type of string that can perform well in both of those contrasting situations? I guess this is like with the instrument. It needs to have such a range available at every moment which you can use at the recital and at their performance with the orchestra. For me, it's also very important that the sound of the string is neutral, you know, that it doesn't give certain uh, color of the string. Yeah. Do you mean like that sort of metallic-y twang sometimes that you get? Yeah, kind of, you know, this focused sound that is uh, giving the character of the string, adding the character of the string to the to the sound. And... Uh, this is what I wanted to go away from and uh, to look for something that would give a perfect frame for the instrument and perfect yeah. support, yeah. Mm. Neutral, as you say, a bit of a blank canvas so that then you can bring the character of your own playing into it. And the instrument also, you know, yeah. you know the, to, to, make, to make this ideal condition for the instrument uh, to open up its character, open yeah. up its uh, palette of the colors. So that you're not just listening to concerto for these strings. Well, we are all talking about, you know, this absolutely fine tuning things, you know, something that we can maybe on the level of um, comparing and uh, on the highest level of professional. I mean, when when we're a bit nerds, you know, talking about this uh, little adding of the stream, but... It's actually, I mean, on a daily basis when you play the instrument, I just would advise to change and to try different things. Because mm-hmm. I wasn't uh, myself aware of how much you can change with a string. I mean, we, we generally speak about the bow, about uh, different bows, about the setup, uh, you know, higher bridge, lower bridge, uh, sound post position. But uh, with strings... You can do so much. And my journey began with, uh, with the gut strings, discovering different strings and also different opportunities for, to, for the sound of the cello. And then I went to the opal strings uh, where I found this familiarity, with, with this similarity with the gut strings nature. Not yeah. the sound, but the nature. And uh, yeah, I, I'm very happy that this collaboration, this work, you know, which was an incredibly enriching process for me, now went into this set of four strings that are having each characteristic, very articulated character, uh, very articulated parameters of each string, but it's a very natural set of four strings that are responsible, responsing to needs of the instrument. Of course, every instrument is different. Yeah. And uh, I was trying it on different instruments. But I find it's this opens up the instrument. And for me, it's a, a very uh, natural set of strings. Yeah. Oh, that's great. That's really interesting to hear that you've tried it on different instruments because I thought that you would have just tried it on one. But of course, it makes sense to try it on on. I mean, yeah, when, when, uh, when you look for something uh, that at the end will be played by different people, different bows and uh, mm. with different instruments, it's kind of looking for something that is, of course, a question of compromises, I think, but is something uh, um, you're looking for this golden middle. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, something that's going to be applicable to lots of different situations, I think. 
uh, one more question for you. And I just wanted to know, because I'm really fascinated to see when people are trying out new instruments or new bows or new strings, uh, sometimes all of them, I really like seeing what people do to try out whatever it is they're trying out. So do you have a particular piece or a particular exercise, a go-to thing that you always play when you're trying something out for the first time? Well, uh, it's also a bit of a show-off moment, no? Because <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, when I hear the different cellists trying out the, the instruments, it's always, you know, the set of pieces for the low strings, for the upper strings. There must be Dvořák or Elgar Concerto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lower strings, it's always Brahms E minor or, or the Prokofiev. Exactly, sonata, yeah. Is it? yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I like to play uh, scale to feel different positions and also non-vibrato to, mm. to see the, how the instrument responds, how the uh, strings also respond in. It's very interesting. And uh, then I use different articulations, uh, like beginning of uh, Shostakovich concerto is very sharp, you know, uh, just Attack, to know how, yeah. how the string is uh, speaking. Also for, for the instrument, how fast it re- reacts, you know, to the action and... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting question, uh, um, but I guess I guess it's you know at the moment you're you're so much like uh, a bit like uh, Alice in Wonderland. You you want yeah, to try yeah. this and this and uh, like a kid in a candy store, and you just want to like try out lots of different things. But I think it does make sense, you know, just to take a, a sensible approach and just listen, non vibrato scale, and just be able to really hear the strings actually speak, rather than launch into you know your hiding d <laughs> something where you're going to fall off the fingerboard anyway <laughs> no but the first chord of uh, elgar concerto you know this yeah, tragic yeah. that tells you a lot <laughs> for sure no it's just it's just really interesting so we were in cremona about a month ago and obviously there's lots of violin makers there and a lot of people wanting to try out instruments and it is astounding to see how many violinists choose to try out these instruments Bach's Chacon and so you you end up hearing the opening chords to that a lot no further than that when it starts getting really 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 difficult but you always hear the beginning of the Chacon yeah you just have to test how it feels like you know with the new partner in crime (laughs) Anastasia thank you so much for joining me today and it's really interesting to hear your insights on the development of strings thanks a lot thank you it was fun to talk That was Anastasia Kobekina. Right now, you're listening to her recording of Fandango by Solima. Yes, that is a low A that you're hearing. If you've got an opinion on an issue raised in the Strad or the Strad Online, why not write us a letter? If yours gets chosen as the Strad's Letter of the Month, a set of Fortune Opal Titan violin or cello strings will be all yours. Look, it's not often you get a chance to win free strings. Drop us a line at thestrad at thestrad.com and you can get lucky. And don't forget to head to our website, thestrad.com, to check out the latest news, articles and reviews on all things to do with string playing. And if you like what you see and hear, register and subscribe to access exclusive archival content from 2010 onward. We've got 50% off an online subscription for students, and if you're not sure you're ready to subscribe, take out a free trial for seven days, start reading right away with no strings attached. Thanks for listening, and tune in again soon for another episode. Take good care. Bye.